Good evening, everyone. Um, it's so lovely to see you. It's so lovely to be here together at church. And my name is Chantel. I'm one of the pastors here. And tonight we are continuing our series, The Invitation. And as Paul has told us lots of times, there's kind of two aspects to this invitation. Firstly, of course, the invitation is from Jesus. In the Bible, he says, come, follow me. And that is the invitation to everyone to all of you in the room, to all of you watching at home, either now or later, to everyone, Jesus offers that invitation to come follow me. And also as we come out of this pandemic, hopefully, um, and we're kind of thinking about, well, what is church like now? So much has changed. We wanted to issue an invitation for us together to dream again about the future, about what God has in store, about what this next season looks like. So we're just doing this journey together and we're open to the Holy Spirit. We're asking the Lord and inquiring of him where he's leading us. So we've been exploring different values and practices of ours at Carrick Fergus Vineyard and Maybe some of you will remember some of the things we've shared already. We've talked about being a people of, of his presence. We've talked about the power of community, about worship, about the Holy Spirit, about the kingdom of God, about compassion, and about celebration and hospitality. And last week, um, Paul spoke specifically about the gifts of the Spirit. So I was wondering who did their homework and did spiritualgiftstest.com online. Oh, I see a raised hand. Brian, brownie points. Susan did it because she told me. Thank you. Oh, there you go, Eve. Well done. So some people did it. Um, and I wonder if you were surprised by what your top three were or what came out when you answered all the questions. Listen, it's really not hard. I really encourage you um, go to spiritualgiftstest.com and answer some questions. And it's really fascinating. So um, just, you know, all of these things we're sharing with you, there is an RSVP attached. It's not just to come to church and hear about such and such a thing and go home and forget about it. It's an invitation to all of us to do this together. So do your homework. I'm only joking. Um, listen, I go into school and Paul tells me I would not be a very good teacher. So. Tonight, what I want to share with you all about is all about prayer. And we all know that prayer is central to our faith and central to being a follower of Jesus. And if we just look through the Bible, there are so many references to prayer. In the Old Testament, in Jeremiah 29, God says, when you call on me and pray to me, I will listen and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. There's another verse in the Old Testament that has always just moved my heart so much when I think about, these, about this island and wanting to see God bring healing and restoration in our divided society. And it's 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. How powerful is that? We could camp out on that. There's also so much in the New Testament. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 17 simply says, pray continually. James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I could go on and on just telling you verses about prayer. There's so many verses about prayer. But you know, I really love that honesty in the Bible. You know that verse in Romans, we do not know what we ought to pray. Like, I hear people say that all the time, you know, oh, I just don't know what to pray. I'm, I'm rubbish at praying, you know. And I'm sure there's times in our Christian lives when we're really just excited, we're just praying all the time, we're open to God. And then there's other times where it just feels so hard, doesn't it? We really struggle. But the good news is the Holy Spirit is there to help us. And, you know, the disciples spent all that time with Jesus. They spent continual time with him and yet they still had to ask him lord teach us to pray that's in luke 11 and also in matthew's gospel jesus answers and this will be familiar to many of us as the formation of the lord's prayer matthew 6 9 to 13 this then is how you should pray our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, and Pete Gregg, who is the founder of 24-7 Prayer, has developed something called a prayer course and it uses this Lord's Prayer from Scripture to bring some brilliant principles to help us know how to pray. Now, I know some people in our church have done the prayer course because we do it regularly, but I just wanted to share and draw some of those things out tonight and hopefully they will help us as we think about this whole area of prayer. So we're using the word pray P-R-A-Y, um, and for people here, it's on the screen, and I will put it up later on our Facebook page, but P stands for pause, R stands for rejoice, A stands for ask, and Y stands for yield. So the first one is P, which stands for pause, and like, you might think, well, that sounds pretty straightforward, doesn't it? Pause, you know, we need to pause to pray, and we know that Jesus himself said when we pray, you know, so it's something that we're called to do, but aren't we so easily distracted? Like I know I am. And even though COVID may have slowed us down a bit, there's still loads of things coming at us in our society and our culture. It can be hard to even pause, but that is the only way we are gonna learn to pray or go deeper in prayer and to develop our relationship with God. If we pause and talk to him, if we sit and wait, and we take time to be in his presence. Psalm 46, 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. And you know, stillness and silence, we did a whole series a while ago called Becoming, and one of the things we talked about was stillness and silence, and it's one of the things that loads of us find most difficult. So we need stillness and silence to prepare our minds and our hearts to pray. In fact, they're a form of prayer in themselves. 
So the invitation tonight to you guys, the question is, how do you or how will you pause to pray? I don't know about you, but I get really distracted by my phone. And I can say, oh, I'm just looking up a Bible verse on my phone, but then I end up flicking on to something else. And even that can distract me from being in God's presence. Turn off the TV, finding a quiet space and time to pause and be still with God. That's the first and maybe sometimes the hardest thing. And I know there's different rhythms for different seasons of our lives, depending on what our work patterns are, what our family commitments are, what other things are going on. So I just want to encourage you today, if you feel like you're out of the way of pausing to be with Jesus, just think right now, how am I going to do that? And if you're feeling close to God right now and your times with Jesus are rich, you know, we know there's always more and maybe an aspect of prayer that we'll talk about tonight that you would like to go deeper in. Um, just to mention as well, on a really super practical note, I know there's loads of people in our church who use the Lectio 365 app on their phone, and it uses these principles as well, and that is really helpful just to get you started. It leads you through this, I'm going to pause to be skipped to be still and all of that with scripture and everything. So um, if you're struggling, maybe that could be a good place to start. So first of all, we need to pause. Secondly, rejoice. And that comes from our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, the Lord's Prayer begins with an invitation to adoration, to reverence, to thankfulness and rejoicing in God's blessings. And it's so good to linger in that place before we come to God with our list of requests and things to ask him. It's part of our worship. It's what God's designed us to do and what he's called us to do. And adoration is an aspect of prayer that is explored on the prayer course. Um, And this term, we've had a life group doing it together over Zoom. So I have asked Karen and Sharon to come up tonight at different times to share. So I'm going to ask Karen if she'd come now and share a wee bit about the prayer course and what she's learned. So do you want to come up, Karen? Okay, Karen, so is that okay, Jack? Move in a wee bit? That's okay. Okay, so do you want to just share a wee bit about the prayer course and what you've learned and what God's been speaking to you about? Is that okay? Okay, Chantelle, thank you. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Karen, and um, I just really feel led to just kind of start off with this wee story just to share with you. Um, So a few years ago, myself, my husband, and my youngest daughter, Brooke, um, were just driving up to the the, the wee park there at the valley. And on the way up, we took a flat tire. So we had to pull into Lockshore, and my phone was out of charge. I don't know what was wrong with Mark's phone. Um, When Mark was trying to get the, the tire off, the nut was really tight, and he couldn't get it. So he kind of looked at me and he says, Carl, we have no way of contacting anyone. We're, we're stranded. Um, and I get in the back of the car with Brooke and I says, Brooke, who can we ask to help us? And I think Brooke was only about five and she says, Jesus. Um, so we prayed the most simple prayer um, and with childlike faith. We really believed that the Lord would help us. 
And about 30 seconds later, this car pulls in, and it's the same make, model, color <laughs> as our car. It was like identical. Um, so me and Brooke just kind of like went, wow. Um, and the guy, he came over, and he went to help Mark to get the tire off, but he couldn't get it either. You see, I only realized this week the, mo the most amazing thing about that prayer was this. Paul, last week, I think it was last week, was, did you have the toolbox? Um, and he was talking about the different gifts and everything. And you see, the guy that actually helped us, he was already there on the scene. He was already at Lockshore with his wife walking his wee dog. Um, and when he seen us, he went to the bit of his car and he got out this toolbox. And it was amazing, it had everything in it. <laughs> <laughs> and he came over and, hey presto, he was able to get the tire off and he helped us. Um, so. He was already on the scene. He had all the tools, and he was equipped to do the job. You see, the truth is, when I was asked to do the prayer course, I said yes, but I was full of so much fear because I have a fear of speaking. Um, and <laughs> I had this fear of speaking, and so there was a real wrestle going on inside me. This, it was just a constant battle. And um, the first week, I think it was the first week of church, and at the end when we're doing prayer ministry, um, Paul says that the Lord will equip you. Um, and that was for someone in the first couple of rows. And I really wanted to believe that was for me. And I know the Lord can speak to more than one person at any one time. Um, but this is how good God is. You see, he wanted me to know that, that, that he was speaking to me. So um, later on that evening, um, that night, I seen my daughter's flip-flop in the room, and I had the word equipment on it. And then, um, when I was on the train heading up for a wee appointment, um, I was kind of saying, Lord, I have no clue what I'm doing here, and I really don't know how to prepare, and I was, I don't know, and I really need you just to help me. And I looked out the window, and there was this lorry driving past, and I had the word equipment on it. <laughs> Um, and then later on that evening, wee Brooke was doing her spelling, and she, she says, Mom, can you check? And I says, yes. And there again was the word equipment. So <laughs> the Lord really was confirming. You see, the amazing thing about God is he does not call the equipped, but he definitely equips those whom he calls. And um, yeah, I just wanted to share that. So a wee bit about adoration then. Um, Adoration, for me, changes the focus of myself and my inability and my fear, and it places it on God. Something inside just kind of shifts from me to God, and he's given his right place in my life, and I remember who he is. He is worthy, and I remember his promises. Um, in the Bible, I was reading this week um, about Paul and Silas, and Paul and Silas were in prison on account of sharing the gospel. And they were beaten, and they were in chains. And at midnight, what happened was these guys, despite their circumstances, they started to pray, and then they started to sing hymns to God they just started worshiping the Lord. 
and something absolutely amazing happened. You see, the presence of God broke out in that place and the foundations of the prison began to shake and the doors flung open and all the prisoners, all their chains fell off. There's something really powerful when we give our adoration to God. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Well, for someone who's scared to speak, and she did a pretty good job. You know, I just love that. You know, something shifts when we focus our attention away from us and on to Jesus again, when we rejoice, when we adore him, when we worship him. And that's why worship is so important. And we sang it in that song, Another in the Fire. You know, so much changes when we recognize that God is with us in every single circumstance, no matter whether it's a prison or how hard it is. So thank you so much, Karen, for sharing that. So we've got pause, we've got rejoice. Thirdly, A is simple, it's ask. And at its simple and most immediate, that's what prayer is, isn't it? It's asking God for help. It could be a patient hearing bad news from the doctor. It could be someone worried about a job loss. It could be a bride asking for a sunny day on her wedding. It could be an England fan at the start of the Euros. Mm. Oh, come on. I thought I'd get more reaction than that. <laughs> so, you know, many people cry out to God in times of trouble, whether they know him or not. And, like, on a serious note, didn't we see that yesterday when Christian Eriksen collapsed on the pitch? You know, people of faith, our first response is to start praying for him, praying for the people helping him, praying for his family. You know, our, you know, when something happens, I, I just love it that people of faith, we want to turn to God. And I saw, um, you know, when you look at the comments on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, someone had written on, you know, there was something about it and someone had written underneath, you know, amazing, the, you know, the power of prayer and someone else had written, no, it was modern medicine. And like, obviously modern medicine is important, but there's something powerful when we pray. And I love how those things can go together. And we've seen that, especially during this time of COVID, haven't we? You know, it's been reported that millions, literally millions of people have turned to prayer. And last year, when all of this started off, apparently one of the top Google searches was, how do you pray? You know, loads of people tuned into online church who maybe had never been to church before, and the Alpha course just exploded and got more and more popular. So, you know, we're finding that the things that we once stood upon as the things that would hold us, like our income, our lives, our social lives, our relationships, even our health and life as we know it, that can't always be relied upon. And there was an article in the Times in November last year, and the title of it was, If you're not in the habit of praying, it might just be time to have a go. And this is what this guy Graham Tomlin said in that article. 
Prayer is a deep human instinct. It is rare to find even atheists who stubbornly refuse to cry for help from whoever may be out there when struggling to breathe or looking helplessly on as a child suffers on a hospital bed on the off chance that it may do something. Prayer is an expression of our inability to solve every problem on our own. It is a cry for help. It is an admission that we are not in control. So, you know, we're asking these questions, what can I trust in life? And the Lord's Prayer invites us to ask God for everything, for, for daily bread every day. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And in the prayer course at this part of the Lord's Prayer, we explore petition, which is simply asking God for ourselves, and also intercession, which is asking for other people. So it's so clear in the Bible and in prayer that we're told to ask. But maybe some of you are sitting here tonight or watching at home thinking, but I have asked. I have asked God over and over. And it feels like nothing is shifting, nothing is changing. What about when it feels like God is not answering prayer? And Pete Gregg has written a whole book on this. Um, called God on Mute, which I have here, and it is a fabulous book. Um, this is an updated version, and he talks about that, and he says, if you're secretly wondering where is God, if you're hurting, and if you're asking why is this happening to me, and how come my prayers aren't working, then this book is for you. And I love um, that you know, the 24-7 prayer movement and all of these people are constantly thinking about what will help people in this whole area of prayer. And they've developed a, another course called the Unanswered Prayer Course. And we've had a life group journey that as well this term, which has been fantastic. So I was asking Elizabeth um, during the week, who was part of the course about it, and she was telling me about how much that connected with people, especially some people who have had ongoing things that are difficult going on for some time in their lives or long-term illness. And it helped bring understanding of how some prayers aren't answered when we might want them to be and how we might want them to be. And I love um, in that book, Pete and Sammy Gregg's honesty about their suffering. You know, um, Sammy was, has suffered from epilepsy for many, many years since their children were tiny. And they're very honest about that, and they still pray for healing for that. But they, they say how much has come from their struggles. You know, she is retrained as a counselor. How much has happened through 24-7 prayer? What a gift to the world that is. And I just wonder, you know, how much of that would have happened if things had been different. And, you know, they wouldn't have asked for that journey. But look what God has done in and through them. And how that has grown. So I just want to, you know, we could do a whole other talk on that, a whole other series on that, but I'm sure we'll run in the unanswered prayer course again. So if that's something that is like really on your heart or, you know, you're wrestling with that, I just really encourage you to look out for that and look out for that book. And I just want to say to you tonight that God is in the battle with you. You know, we sang it in that song, Another in the Fire. No matter what happens, no matter what unanswered prayer you're wrestling with, God has promised never to leave you. And I just want to encourage anyone who's really feeling that strongly to hold on to that.
So that was A for ask. The last letter is Y for yield. And we take that from Matthew 6, 11 to 13. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So the final step in prayer is surrender. And Pete Gregg has another fabulous book, How to Pray. And in that book, surrender, that final step of yielding, is described as a clenched fist slowly opening, or an athlete lowering himself into an ice bath, or a field of poppies turning to the sun. So you can pick whichever one of those analogies works for you. But we can yield to God's presence on earth as it is in heaven through contemplative prayer, by listening to his still small voice, like what Karen shared there, you know, even in simple things like seeing that word equip over and over really spoke to her. We yield to God's holiness through confession and reconciliation, pray and forgive our sins and we forgive other people. And we yield to his power in spiritual warfare as we ask the Lord to deliver us from evil. So spiritual warfare is one of the things that is in the prayer course. And I'm going to ask Sharon to come now and share what God has been speaking to her about that. Thank you, Sharon, for agreeing to share. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah um, so go ahead. Just share a bit about what God's been speaking to you about from the prayer course and maybe about spiritual warfare. Well, first of all, the prayer course for me has been a great blessing for one reason, because I've made a new friend. Karen and I have worked really well as a team, and I feel so blessed that even if I had just... Be, that would be wonderful. Um, but I actually, I've been a Christian for a very long time, but I have learned something very valuable through this prayer course, and I'm going to try and tell you very, very quickly. <laughs> I love to talk. I'm never lost for words. Anybody who knows me knows I love a bit of banter and a bit of laugh and fun, and I love to talk, and wherever there's something going on, I'm always there. But I do not like confrontation. I don't handle it very well. I don't really like a fight. And we had three teenagers, and I would have done anything. They're all grown up now, but they still fight. But I would have done anything to not have a fight. So I don't really like a fight. I'm even nervous talking about that, because I really do not like confrontation of any kind. But during this prayer course, I became very aware that as a child of God, as someone who has loved Jesus for a very long time, I have lived like I don't have an enemy. I have lived like everybody loves me, God loves me, and I've lived, I've been really shocked if somebody's been mean to me. I have lived like I do not have an enemy. And God spoke to me very clearly through 1 Peter verse 5, no, chapter 5, verse 8, and he said, Be alert and sober of mind for your enemy. Sharon, your enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he will devour. I have an enemy, and I just was ignoring it. And I'm just going to be really honest with you. I'm shaken to, the book, shaken to the core here. But the enemy has been roaring around my life. 
and my family's life. But you know what else I have? I don't just have an enemy. I have an invitation. We've been talking about invitations. Oh, I really want to get this across because this is really, I feel this is the heart of God for me, but it's what I want to share with you tonight. I have an invitation from the one whose love is as steadfast as the sky. I have an invitation from the one whose mercy roars in as endless as the sea. I have an invitation from the one whose wisdom is like a mighty mountain and will not be moved. I have an invitation from him every single day to pray, deliver me from the evil one. Deliver me from the evil one. And I suddenly had my eyes opened that I had hallowed God's name. I love worship. I could sing all day. I was walking along in Castle Rock today with my arms open singing the goodness of God. I love all that. I have learned to come to God and ask, God, I need my daily bread. I've learned to say, God, forgive me. I shouldn't have said that to my sister. I'm really sorry. I've learned all that. But God woke me up and said, Sharon, why do you skip over the deliver us from evil? Why do you just move on? So that is what I have learned from the prayer course. But I want to say one more thing. (laughs) One more thing. Because it's very important. And I think it's the thing that matters the most. The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. All he has is a voice. Just take a wee minute and think of all the voices in your life. Has one of them ruined your life? You think of the power of a voice. I have allowed the voice of the enemy to trample me into the ground. And during the prayer course, I believe that God opened my eyes. The enemy is only like a roaring lion. My God is the lion of Judah. He is awake. He is powerful. He is never asleep over Sharon. He is never asleep. He's never asleep over Jonathan, Chantel, all of us. He is never asleep. And I have an invitation to invite the lion that never sleeps or slumbers to silence the boast of sin and grave. There's a song we sing that. Well, he is the only one that can silence that. So that's what I want to share. Well, thank you. (laughs) I'm not quite sure how to follow that. I think Sharon should just take over. (laughs) Thank you. It's amazing. So, like, I feel really moved by that because I've actually been watching um, some vineyard training recently online called Clash of the Kingdoms, and it's about all that stuff. And it's about deliver us from evil. And I think you're right. It's something that we maybe skip across and something we need to pay more attention to. And it's something I'm going to be like reading about more and thinking about more and thinking about, well, what does that mean for all of us together? Because God wants to deliver us from evil. And yeah, I, I won't repeat, but we'll flip. That could be another whole talk. <laughs> anyway. Um, just to finish off, you know, I just love what Pete 
shares in how to pray, he says, in all these ways, all the things we've talked about, you know, adoration, um, all of them, my brain's gone, I can't list them all, but in all of those things, it's by surrendering to God that we overcome, by emptying ourselves that we are filled, and by yielding our lives in prayer that our lives can become a prayer, the Lord's prayer in the end. And just to finish off, I want to say another person I was talking to during the week was Jules, who works with us, because whenever I thought of prayer, I just thought of her because she always prays for me. She always sends me real encouragements. Um, and I just thought, when I think of prayer, I want to learn from someone who I respect, who prays. And I just had this amazing conversation with her, and she was just talking to me all about inviting God into our conversations with other people, especially if they're people who don't know Jesus, like how much that can be a blessing. And if we know Jesus, how much more do we want to share that with other people? You know, he's our refuge and he can be that for someone else. And if we know that Jesus has changed our lives, we can share that with other people just in a conversation. You know, we know he is with us. We're standing in those truths that Karen and Sharon have spoken about tonight but that other person might not know that. And do we have that desperation for others to know that? And like many aspects of our faith, sometimes we might be all up for that and say, yes, bring it on. Other times we might be like, oh, so nervous and just bottle out and not do it. And that's what some of the guys, Ian and Jules and the others have been doing with Revive. It's joining together to have courage to pray for people who don't know Jesus. And we don't know, we don't need to wait till that's organized. You know, you could do that with a friend, just go for a walk and pray before you go. God, if we bump into someone, you know, help us bring Jesus into the conversation and pray for them. You know, that's just another invitation. God's called us to pray. God's called us to make disciples, and that's a way to do that. And, you know, as we pray for others and as we step out, it's risk. It involves risk. Um, and I just, I've been reading through the book of Acts, and it's so moving. You know, being a disciple, praying, it's like being on a roller coaster. I feel like we're on a roller coaster tonight. You know, in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost and changes their lives. The early church is born. Verse 42 says they're devoted to prayer. In Acts 3, Peter and John are going to the temple. They pray in the name of Jesus and heal a beggar. Peter shares the gospel with a whole crowd. And while they're doing that, they're seized and put into prison. They're threatened, but they don't. They say, we're not going to stop speaking about Jesus. And when they're released, they go back to their people. And what is the first thing they do when they go back? They pray. It says, when they heard this, this is Acts 4.24, they raised their voices together and prayer to God. They asked God to help them speak with boldness and perform signs and wonders. And then it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So one minute the Holy Spirit's being poured out, the next minute they're healing a lame beggar, the next minute they're in prison, then they're back and the Holy Spirit is poured out I just feel like, oh, come on, there's more for us. You know, we're, we're tired. COVID has worn us down, but 
the invitation is to come before the Lord and pray and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, our culture today encourages us to build our own kingdoms, but as followers of Jesus, we're called to ask for his kingdom to come. So the invitation is to follow Jesus, to make disciples, to partner with God to see his kingdom come. And part of that is an invitation to pray, to devote ourselves to prayer, to pray with each other, for each other, and for others who don't know him. So again tonight, we just want to invite you, don't just go away and think, oh, it was nice to be at church. Think about, well, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for us as a church? What does it mean? What one part of tonight has spoken to you? At the 24-7 prayer gathering online earlier this year, Pete Gregg shared, this is a critical moment to come together and push into prayer as never before. Like, how much does our world need prayer? Like, just before we were saying, oh, is there going to be a third wave? Is there going to be another lockdown? You can get down about everything. We need to pray. We need to cry out to God. So I just want to invite us to do that together now, to pray. Is that okay? <laughs> it's just in case you had something else. To... Yeah. Do you want to come? Okay. Well, why don't we just stand first of all?